No matter what you say, what happened to Tuchuk at the end of the second Calgary Leafs game where Muslim flipped that puck at him and he flipped the hell out, you got to love it because it's old-time hockey. And I'll say this right here, right now. When you do those little things and you get under somebody's skin, that's what you need to do when you know you're going to be playing them multiple times. And Tuchuk tried to do the same thing by running Campbell. And the Leafs, instead of playing into it, made him the one play into their game. And I loved it because watching Muzzin sadistically laugh at Tuchuk at the end of that game was the cherry on top. The victory was great. But watching that laugh and Tuchuk absolutely melt down where his teammates look at him like, what the hell is this guy doing? Was absolutely perfect. And before I go any further, want to welcome back family member right here, right now. Jen is back with us, the chef herself. What's cooking? Hey, hey, hey. Um, you know, just enjoying what I can with what we're doing <laughs> in these trying times. That's just it right there. And of course, always riding with us is Mr. Jamie Anesty. Jamie, what's shaking today, buddy? Not too much. Not too much. I um, really can't indulge in what's happening tonight um, as all of our friends across Canada aren't being able to go to the ring. So I'm just kind of staying humble and uh, doing my thing today, man. But uh, hey, it's uh, good, to, good to hear the, the sweet sound of Jen's voice, 100%. <laughs> wow. funny. So sweet. Uh, look at this one go. Listen, I want to hear what you guys think. Jen, what do you think? Do you think that was a smart thing to do by Muzzin? I loved it. I love oh, absolutely. I think I think one of the best things about hockey is is the emotion that's 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 given and and shown. I mean, one of the biggest reasons that I'm such a big hockey fan, like one of the biggest reasons I became a hockey fan and why I I, I fell in love so deeply with it is the passion, the emotion that we see um, from the players, and it's not always good good emotion or positive emotion. Sometimes it's negative, but it's that passion that really sets this sport apart from other from other sports and I mean Muzzin I mean it was just it was kind of poetic in a sense you know you, you see the the rise and fall the rise of of Muzzin and the fall of Kachuk and I mean I I love seeing stuff like that because now there's 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 some tension there there's you know a little bit of a rivalry there so when we meet again um it's just only going to be more entertaining so I love it I'm all for it I love the extra it's it's like my soap opera in a sense <laughs> Jamie, what do you think, buddy? I know you were uh, you were riding the fence a little bit the other day when I went off on Monday, and I absolutely went in onto Chuck and him falling on the goalie and saying he didn't know and all that crap. But what did you uh, make of the Muzzin thing at the end of that game? Hey, at the end of the evening, the, the Maple Leafs got the two points. That and without suspensions, Muzzin played played last night. That's what you want. You want to kind of stir the pot. And uh, Matthew's brother Brady got a little bit heated last night um versus the Canucks so that that family has been uh they've been riled up since uh Keith Kachuk played their father so they've got that competitiveness they've got that they've got the fire in their bellies and uh I I wanted to see something um what happened Kachuk played uh Calgary Montreal played last night um Sherratt fought Kachuk we didn't see that in the Leafs game this morning I've been reading different uh, platforms and they were like, well, how come Simmons didn't set up or didn't step up and do something? Well, it was the end of the game, and like I just said, you want you want to board suspensions? Like, you know, we see that in junior hockey. You, it, the kids get riled up, and they, it's the heat of the game, and 
in it, and they don't want to do anything stupid. It's not back in the '60s when, you know, Boston and Philly and all the Black Street Bullies and Mike Milbury was hitting fans with shoes and that, those Donny Brooks and that, that game is gone. We're in 2020, 2021, and it's a new game. I, I kind of wanted to see like a Sherratt or uh, an Edmonton kind of step up and fight someone on the Calgary Flames. Quite surprised that uh, it didn't start at the beginning, like like it did in the one game last week. I believe it was Kachuk. Or, or, sorry, I'm, when uh, Myers hit Armia, there was a fight. It started off. Edmonton and Myers fought, and that was it. Um, we we now have to wait until February 26th, I believe, to see rematch. So, really, the point of what I'm trying to say is, we came up with the two points. There was no suspensions. Our big big gun on the on the back end is now able to continue to play. With, with just a minor flick of the puck to Kachuk, did it piss him off? Hundred percent. Now it's unfortunate we've got to wait until February 26th to to see what happens next. But I, I really was disappointed because we didn't see a guy step up like Sherratt and Edmonton did when Myers hit Armia. And I guess that's the way the Leafs are. They just they wanted to stay disciplined in that situation, right? So. Well, I, I look at it like this, and Jen, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but sometimes not fighting is a smarter option. Um, you look at the guy like Tuchuk, and what does he want? He wants that. He wants you to drop the mitts because he probably won't. I look back at uh, Zach Cassian last year or Drew Doughty trying to go after him, and that's what he wants. He wants you to lose your cool with him, so he draws the penalty. And Calgary ended up beating, I think it was Edmonton last year, when that happened because he was able to draw a penalty by pissing people off and throwing hits that were borderline, and people got pissed. Sometimes the smart thing to do is not fight because then he's going to try to up his game and agitate more and agitate more and do different things. And he may draw himself a penalty or you get at the end of the game, what Muzzin did to him and he flipped the hell out and now he's off his game. And I think getting a guy off tilt is better than sometimes going for the tilt and maybe losing that fight and the team, you know, Calgary gets sparked by it. I think the Leafs kind of knew, Hey, you know what? This will feed into what he wants. Let's not give him what he wants. But let's Leo poke the bear here and there. And at the end of the game, Muzzin took the stick and jabbed it right in him and laughed. And that, like I said, that sadistic laugh was the best. But Jen, am I wrong there? Sometimes not fighting is the thing to do when it's a guy like Tuchuk. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm all for hockey fights. I love them. It's, it goes back to my passion or my love for the passion and the emotion in the game. But this is psychological warfare. And I mean, Brad Marchand is a great example of the men- mentality aspect of the game and how he plays his game and how he gets some players heads. not fighting necessarily it sends it sends a big message too because you keep the other player like for example Kachuk on his toes not knowing what to expect you know what I mean like it, it's guaranteed there's going to be there's going to be some you know um <clears throat> some scrums possible fights b- uh, between these teams how many more times do we face them I think uh, seven more times, six more times. So Yeah, there's definitely, it just, it builds it up. It, it's kind of like um, building up the climax in, in, in a film, right? You, you don't necessarily always want to give in to the other player's needs because it just throws them right off. They don't know what to expect, when it's coming, throws their game off. And I think, I think that's the best move. So yeah, definitely not always, not always fighting is, is, is a different, is, 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 is important. So there's a, there's a player I want to talk about specifically on the Toronto Maple Leafs right now before we jump into any of the actual game from the Calgary game or the, the Edmonton game last night. 
Um, if I were to say there's a player right now in the Maple Leafs who is averaging a penalty a game, uh, his face-off percentage, we've already gone over this, is not the greatest. Um, Jen, do you know who I'd be talking about? Uh, no, definitely not. He's supposed to be one of our defensive stalwarts. He's supposed to be part of that new look third line with Mikheyev and Hyman. It's Alexander Kerfoot. Oh, yeah. took three penalties, three minors. I mean, that one of them was pretty soft. The call was soft, the slashing. But, Um, I mean, this is somebody that you're supposed to be trusting with, not only, like I said, face-off percentage, but everything. And last night at the face-off, Dot, and Jamie, this will go back to what I told you on uh, Monday, last night, 27% on the face-offs. That's 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 supposed to be your defensive specialist on the line with Hyman and Mikheyev. That's what he's giving you as a stat line for face-offs. That's not good enough. Not even close, no. You know, and then you go to the Calgary game, and Jamie, I told you, I told you that Sunday night, that game that they played, where he was 100% on the dot, I said that was the anomaly because the Calgary game with the big to Chuck incident where he flipped the puck at the end, Kerfoot, 33% on the draw. Yeah, and, and while Thornton is out right now, Hyman is pushed up to the top two lines and he's got he's got he's got to produce like he's I'm finding he's doing better on the top two lines and he wasn't there because of Thornton so while Thornton's out he's got to execute on face-offs he's gonna he's gonna yeah well Kirby definitely definitely has to do that Kirby's that that guy that they they tried to make this new look third line and no offense to Kirby I mean you know you look at the three players that were on that line last year with Kapanen, Janssen and Kerfoot I don't know. Maybe we we swung and missed and sent out the wrong guy here because I think Kerfey will be a good winger, but faceoff dot wise, not not doing it for me. And he's supposed to be one of your guys on the penalty kill and everything. If you're twenty seven percent or thirty three percent on the dot, that means that if you're in the defensive zone taking that face off, you're giving up possession that many times and giving up possession against guys like McDavid and Drysaddle. That is not acceptable. That. You can't do that. Well, is he not now? Correct me. I'm new to I'm new to the Leaf uh, fandom. Is he is he an aggressive player, Kerfoot at all? Because you not I really. Find, he's got a little bit. To... He's got he, you know he'd be like um, how to put it in player terms. I, I guess he's a, ooh, a poor man's Nazem Kadri without the red mist. Mm. You know well, see, he, he could he could score you a goal or two here. He doesn't have the offensive flair. He doesn't have the uh, the red mist. Um, well, you have to be, be aggressive. You have to be aggressive on the dot. It's really important. And he's like, not. it's kind of like a pressure spot, right? Some players fold and, and obviously he's folding on it. Like you just kind of like, don't believe in yourself in that very, in that second. And it's just a brief second, but you really have to get out of your head and just, you know, say, I got this and, and you got to be aggressive. So if he's not, if he's not pulling that weight, he needs to come off right away because inevitably it'll cost, it'll cost the Leafs. No, definitely. Well, what do you think, Jamie? What do you think about Kerfoot? I mean, I talked about him already, but this is a guy that I'm honing in on this year because he's supposed to be that defensive guy that we kept over Kapanen and Janssen. So I want to know, you know, is he getting the job done to you? He is. Regards to the percentage of, you know, what Keith sees out of him, that's that's up to Keith. Uh, now, I hope it wasn't just a piece that was available over in Colorado that came back. We just saw it with Line and Dubois, like, it just happened to get two disgruntled players and they just happened to be available on the trade block. I just hope that Toronto didn't see Kerfoot as being available and that was a piece that made sense 
for the cadre trade. So hey, um, like I said, while while players are out, like Robertson, Thornton, you know, if Keith looks at these guys and say you're not excelling at where, where I'm putting you, then there's questions. Like look at Travis Boyd, look at look at guys that are coming in that been riding the the press box chair for the last couple of weeks. So, you know, there there there's guys waiting and. I, I keep him. I keep him on the left wing, top two. Um, he could kind of slide to three and four, and and when Thornton comes back, he can go to the top and maybe have Hyman at the, the second line. But you know, being in the penalty box, not achieving your goal, like. I, but I do believe I've, I've watched, like, I follow Dave Poole a lot, and he's talked to me, and he said, you know what, like, Kerfoot's actually doing a little better than he did last year, and Hyman is doing better when he's on the top line. So, you know, guys are finally now, after 10 games, where we didn't have preseason, they're finally finding their way, and um, is he doing it for me? Well, when he's in the box, no, um, but hey, it's... We'll, we'll get into the lease as a whole maybe some other time, but it's 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 okay. Like the the biggest thing for me is you can't rely on Anderson. Like you had a three one lead versus the Flames. They had a lead last night two nothing. And I said to the girlfriend, I said, "You're going to bed." I swear, I swear you're going to bed. It's going to be two 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 in about an hour or three three, and that's what happened. But you you can't get too confident in Anderson when he makes the big saves. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get these penalties. And last night, when you get the fastest guy in the league, Connor McDavid, right? It, it's it's a, it, it's a fast-paced game. The refs the refs don't see the game in slow motion. Was that a trip on Connor McDavid? Probably not. But that during that point of that game, yeah, it might have been a trip. Okay, to call a trip. None of the penalties now last night were like legit calls. Like they were just like slashing like but they're calling that calling that a lot this year right around the hands so when it's around well, we gotta hand, remember too these guys you know the refs didn't yeah. have a preseason either right they didn't have time to get up the like, speed to set the tone which is what they usually do in preseason they set the tone with different calls and let people know what's going to be called and what's going to be more stringent this year this year we're seeing it right out of the gate and you're right jamie you know, I, I talked to Craig Button and a couple of other guys about this, and this is the preseason. I mean, we just pretty much wrapped it up. You know, you usually get five or six games in the preseason. Now we're into the regular mix. This is what the team hopefully will look like. Now, are we going to keep winning, you know, you know, five out of every seven? No, but let's hope that's the way it keeps going because I'm happy for it because it means when we play the Montreal Canadiens, it'll be damn exciting. But you do have to rely on your goaltender to a certain extent. But what bothered me last night in the power play for the Edmonton Oilers was the fact it's like Alexander Ovechkin. You know he's going to fire that one-timer. So why isn't someone closer to him, to Leon Dreisaitl, to make that shot not happen? He rings it off the bar and the puck goes around, pass, pass, right back to him, one-timer scores. You know, and you know Muzzin looked at it like, fuck. I should have known. I should have been there. Yeah, went through Miner's leg. Went through Miner's legs there. And you're right. They should know that play is coming. Have. It's like Ovechkin. Yeah. Take it away from him. Don't yeah. let him do it. You know, you have three other guys there. Don't let that pass get through. You take that lane away, and away you go. I know there's McDavid, but you take away that one guy. And I always think back to Shane Corson covering Alexei Yashin when they played uh, played the the Islanders in the playoffs way back when. You know, just how glued he was to him and to Pekka. And just how miserable they made the nights, you know, and those things can happen, but it has, it takes a player 
wanting to do that. And that's why I'm so critical about Kerfoot. You know, it's like Jen said, you want, you have to have the hunger, the want, the desire, the strength, the will, whatever word you want to use to win the draws and be successful. And if you're going to be anointed, that third line shut down defensive line, you got to lead that line. You know, look at Mitch Marner this year, leading the Maple Leafs. You know, everybody talked about Austin Matthews, but Marner came out this year after a lot of pundits and critics over the uh, past year have gone after him. He's leading the Leafs in points, shots, goals. He's doing the, well, maybe not goals, but he's doing everything he needs to do, you know, to, to get those critics off his back. That's the guy who put in the work. And look at another guy, Wayne Simmons. Hello, Wayne Train. You know, three goals already with the Toronto Maple Leafs, doing everything we expect him to do in front of the net, and then some. You know, so guys need to, I don't, I don't know, find their niche or whatever it is, but they got to find their spot. And Kerfoot to me, Kerfoot to me is a winger. He's not a, he's great on the penalty kill as a wing. But he's not a guy that I want taking my defensive uh, face-offs as a defensive defensive line. It's it's not it's not there for me. Can I say one thing, James? Did yeah. you guys know? Did you guys notice last night Spets's game? What did I notice Spets's game? Did, did you notice anything wrong with his game? Like he 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 came out flying for the sole reason he had that day off. He came out last night and he played the week before last. Last night's game, guys. Oh, he's thirty-seven. He's slow as Milan. He's crap, and that's the poison you see on Facebook. All these these Twitter accounts and Facebook, whatever. Hey, there, there was a guy on this show that said that load management yeah. was a damn thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, but last night, he, last night, the thirty-seven-year-old, and he might even make Warrior of the Week or the top three next week. You have to wait and see on Monday. But man, the day off, he came out and said, "This is this is," and this is what Dave Poole and, and the guy said on the panel. It's like, you, you want to put me on waivers? Well, I'm going to show you guys. Yeah, put me on waivers again, see what happens. I know he's not going to get picked up because it's like an old man's rule where like nobody's picking up Chara, no one's picking up Spezza. But man, last night, everybody except, and maybe Kerfoot was getting getting on himself because he was getting penalties and Hyman, but maybe they're getting down on themselves. But like, you know, the Toronto right now are interesting stat. They're 5-0-1 after last night's game in one-point one point victories. You're going to play Vancouver next week, and you're down up three, two, three, nothing or whatever? Montreal. They only played Montreal once. They haven't really played a good enough team yet. And if you think you're going to win 3-2, 4-1, or 4-3? I don't think so. Like you, you got to try to figure out this defensive um, this, whatever word you want to describe the, the defense and core and but hey, I think I think they're pretty good. They've got you know Lettinen and Sandine in the in the waiting in the wings, man. It's, I think the dynamics right now are better than what I've seen in the last fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jen, I want to get your honest opinion here. You look at these Toronto Maple Leafs, and for me, I think they're figuring out the defensive game. I think they're figuring that part of it out. They know that they can score, but they need to be able to hold leads and not blow leads and. Yeah, they blew the lead against Edmonton, but they were able to get up again and not blow it like they've done in previous years. And that's something I've said long so far this season is Toronto's been able to hold on to third period leads and get the victory where in other years that didn't happen. That resolve to keep the lead and block shots and do this and that to keep the game in your hands was not there. And it seems like this year it is. And they're trying to figure out the defensive side of things. Um, You know, Jamie, I, I think one goal games, sometimes can be crucial learning things for teams because if you have a blowout what do you learn 
you learn the fact that you can run the score up and you're not doing all the little things because maybe you take a couple things off. Look at Montreal last night, up 4 nothing, took the foot off the gas for a little bit. Next thing you know, it's 4-2. So the game got closer than it probably should have been. Um, when Toronto plays Montreal, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think you're probably looking at a 5-4 shootout or overtime win, but that's well, what it's going to be. Well, you've got your, you've got the Leafs sitting you've got the Leafs sitting first overall in the league, and I hear Jamie saying that um, they haven't played the better teams yet. But you got to understand something: the, the mentality of the team changes to the team they play against. And for example, like um, the Leafs were ahead last night. Was it last night? Yeah. Um, and then they got. I'm still struggling for words. And then and then Edmund tied it up, and so the the Leafs kind of let up a little bit. But they came back, right? So they, they kind of rallied around and they came back. And I think you'll see kind of a, a different Leafs team when they play a, a better team. They won't let up maybe as much. They won't think they have that time um, to kind of like give, like like I said, let up. Um, it's kind of too early to determine. You can't really determine how they're going to play against, say, Vancouver or Montreal until they play against them. I like watching this Leaf team. I think they're I think they're good. There's a lot of good parts here. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell them. I wouldn't um, bet against them at this point. Um, even with, with, uh, with Joe out, which breaks my heart, but um, I, I enjoy watching this team and there's some small things to tweak, I'm, but you've got like Mitch Marner, like you said, James, he's on a tear. Um, Muzzin Simmons and what's the other one you just mentioned had a good, great game last night. His name's evading me. Uh, last night, yeah. I mean, you got awesome. Spetsa had a great Spetsa. game. Spetsa. Just, Justin you, Hall's playing unbelievable. Yeah, you've got these crazy, these, crazy these older say, guys that are. It is. <laughs> you've got these older guys that are playing phenomenally, and they're 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 leading the charge here with the younger guys. And I think this is going to be a very exciting league league season. Sorry, um, and I mean, aside from some of the bad calls that go against the Leafs, it happens, man. And we can't get so hung up on that stuff. What we got to focus on is how to make this team um, keep their, their their mentality going and keep this momentum going yeah. because they're exciting right now. They're really exciting to watch. And good good teams find ways to win. Look at last night. The Islanders were up 3 nothing on Washington. Washington's, what, the six guys are missing? They got their, t- their number one goalie, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Orloff. They, six, seven players missing out of Washington's lineup with a backup goalie, and they found, found a way to beat the Islanders who are probably a contender to win the Stanley Cup. So adversity and, and all that good stuff, teams will find ways to win. And it, it, like, I, I, like I said, I can't wait till next week. They play Vancouver, they'll play Montreal once January is over and they'll really get into the, you know, the, the grind of the schedule. And, you know, it's, it's, you just, you just can't rely on Anderson and, the last few games, yeah, it was great. Matthew scored on the power play with six minutes left. But that's two games now. Leaf fans have been sitting on the edge of their couch, probably having multiple strokes, saying, oh, my God, I can't deal with this next six minutes of this game. Like, that's hockey, though. That's how it happens. I know. That's yeah, hockey. But, you, Jamie, that's that's hockey. hockey. Yeah. Jamie, I'll say this to you right off the bat. Right. Go ahead, sorry, Jim. sorry. Yeah, we don't we don't want to watch a game of big blowout. There's no fun in that. I mean, <laughs> hey, that, we, that, we that, like that, the back that, and forth. That Dallas seven three game over Detroit last night was a beauty. I'm I'm kidding, but anyways. <laughs> but I mean, you, but here's we the all thing, like playoff hockey. That's what that's the best yeah. part of hockey is playoff yeah. hockey. So if we get that intense that intense feel of games through regular season, like we're spoiled. I love it. 
That's what you want, though. Like, you want your team to be able to win those close games. Because, like Jen just said, Jamie, that's playoff hockey. Oh, I understand. You want a 3-2 win. You want a 2-1 win. You want a 1-0 win. You know, yeah, it's boring for us fans, but it's great for the team. And I look at this team, and I just said it like two minutes ago. You know, this Toronto team the past few years was not able to come back after they got scored on like that, like, like Edmonton did. They'd usually go down and lose the game. Or they wouldn't hold on to a lead in the third period. They were giving it up. They did it so many times. And they'd settle either for the uh, the loser point or they'd lose the game. So to see the evolution of this team and be able to actually hold on to that lead, you talk about good teams find ways to win. Well, you know, Toronto blew their two-goal lead but still found a way to win. So this is a good team finding ways to win, much like they did against the uh, best team everybody seems to think, Montreal Canadiens in game one. They found a way to get it done. And they will find a way to get it done against Montreal again. I think it will be Montreal and Toronto. But I've said this about Montreal. We could talk about them for a second. I said that Montreal will come back down to earth. You're right now riding high on Josh Anderson, a guy who played three games last year, and Tyler Toffoli, who's probably going to have himself a career year if he keeps going the way that he is. But you're relying on that. And Carey Price is an 896 goalie right now, guys. So if you talk about you know, not relying on your goaltender. They're not relying on Carey Price, but if that scoring dries up for the Montreal Canadiens, that's uh uh-oh-ville. That is not good. I'd rather rely on Freddie Anderson making me key saves, which he did throughout last night in the Calgary game, than have Carey Price not stopping the puck and have problems with a sub-900 goaltender. So you, you look at the Montreal Canadiens, great to see them flying right now. What happens when the offense dries up? Are they going to be able to win close games? 2-1, 3-1, 3-2? One nothing. Who knows? Can they do it? Haven't seen it yet. They've been high they power don't. offense, but we all have know, every team goes through dry spells. So how do they respond to a dry spell when they can't get goals? What happens then? Gary Price is phenomenal when he's on his game, though. So I mean, if Price wants Price, I mean Price is your biggest worry for 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 the for the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, if he's if he's on top of his game, look out. That's all I have to say. But when has Pricer been on his game? When has Price been Price? When's the last time Carey Price? It's been a while. It's been a while, but it can be found. There's always hope. And I know no, this honestly, goes I'm not bagging on Price. I like Price, but I'm just, I'm just saying, saying like it's it, momentum is everything. And I'm not going. I, I'm not a Habs fan by any means at all. I just do. I really respect Carey Price's game. Um, in in the past, I mean, he hasn't been the same. But I mean, through injuries, it kind of affects you. But I forget where I was going. I lost my train of thought. Momentum is everything. So if if the Habs just much like the Leafs, if they keep building off the success they're having, it can continue. You you speak about dry spells. Well, that might not happen. You know, it might not. It, might, it just might not happen. They could just keep building and building and building. So I think if anything, do they become the 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 Tampa Bay Lightning where they don't face any adversity all season long and fold like a cheap you know house of cards in the playoffs? That I mean, I could too. I could see that. I could see that. But I could also see. I, I don't know. I don't think I don't, it's tough. It's this whole division thing. I, I'm trying to like see in the future and, and trying to pick what teams I'd see in like the playoffs. And it's just, I, I don't know. I can't see it. Like, pick, you know how we usually pick our, our cup picks at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I, I, I've got nothing. I, I literally pitch and hold into the Canadian division that I don't even think about anybody else. <laughs> Listen, here, here's a little stat line for uh, Carey Price though. 2016, 2017, was the last time Carey Price was an above a 920 save percentage. Since then, it's been 900, 
918 909 898. No, I still love him. I still think oh, he's I'm, good. I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying, though. He doesn't have... so, but he, he, could he, feed, he could feed he off, he could feed off the levels of his players, his teammates. You know, like, I mean, I've read a few reports they're the best team in the NHL right now. I haven't watched one of their games, so I can't really speak on it. But all I'm just, I'm, I can only speak on what the teammates like can, can feed off each other, right? And we're seeing it with the Leafs. You know, we're seeing, um, we're seeing how these these veteran players are kind of bringing life into new life into this game. The same thing can happen with Montreal. You know, Price can feed off his players, off the, these younger kids, and 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 it could it could bring his game together. Plus, everyone likes to win, so when you're winning, you want to you want to continue to win. So you work harder, right? So I mean, are they the best team in the league? I I don't know. Um, as the standings say, they're not. So I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> no, definitely. Well, before we uh, wrap this, obviously, uh, right here, right now, guys, um, we got about five minutes before we got to go. I want to get Jen's take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. What's going on with Jimmy Rutherford? Obviously, leaving the team. Uh, rumors about wanting to trade players, management or ownership feeling differently. Uh, what do you think about the Pittsburgh Penguins? And for you, I'll ask you because you know the Penguins. Is the window closed in Pittsburgh? Uh, not as long as you have Sydney there, no. No, so absolutely you, not. With the reports coming out that Rutherford wanted to trade Chris Letang and wanted to, I wouldn't say blow it up, but make moves to alter this team and alter the look of it, do you think that he was on the right course wanting to do those things? And do you think that ownership overstepped and said, no, you're not doing this, and he just walked away and said, you know what, if I can't do what I need to do to make this team better, then I'm done with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. You've got to look at you got to look at Chris Letang's play in the last few years, and um, as much as he's been good for the team years prior, he's not anymore, and he's costing a lot of money. So, I mean, good on Rutherford for doing what he tr- attempting to do what he did. I mean, for Lemieux to come out and say he was shocked by Rutherford's um, uh, quitting. I, I mean, are you though? Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna veto your general manager's decisions here why have a general manager do it yourself Lemieux like you know the, the objective of the game is to win right now the pens are barely winning the games they play barely and it's embarrassing and it's just it's not working now if they can't make the right p- moves with the GM they're just going to put too much onus on on the players the players are going to go overwork they're not going to find their game fluid it's just going to be a motley crew it's going to be a mess and it's not going to work am i hopeful for a new gm or this interim gm i mean pittsburgh's in trouble right now they're in big big trouble right now but i mean you still have two of the best players in the world on the team one not so much showing it but i mean it's still in there his game's still in there he hasn't forgotten how to play he's just kind of lost right now and i'm I'm referring to malkin but yeah. I think with the right leadership, the right coaches, and the right staff in general, the, the Penguins could still be something. Absolutely, a hundred percent. It's just right now, it's just a mess. It's a, it's a bloody mess over there. Can I ask a question, Jen? <clears throat> Do you see Sydney? Like, I, I'm going to tweet it later. I'm going to, I'm going to add the list of nominees that may be. I kind of know the question you're going to ask. I, he wants to retire in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. So, again, I'm going to list the names on Twitter, and maybe later you'll kind of pick out of that list. But I think Tom Fitzgerald is probably in. They're going to. There's a guy already 
in the interview process because he's already, I think he's the assistant GM or something. Um, and I believe Tom Fitzgerald is my pick to, to take that position. Now, we, I'll have the list um, on Twitter later, but I was going to ask you, um, do you see Sidney Crosby finishing his career in Pittsburgh or does he go to Montreal where his dad was drafted? And there's also uh, swirls that maybe he goes to Colorado or something and uh, wins another cup. Like, you know, like Tom Brady just went to Tampa Bay. So there's that, there's that possibility, but you, where you know the Penguins, do you see uh, Crosby uh, finishing his career in Pittsburgh? As far as I know, he wants to retire in Pittsburgh. Um, if things remain choppy as they are with management, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's always possible. But from what I know, um, his heart is in Pittsburgh and he wants to end his legacy in Pittsburgh. But I mean, you know, seeing him going, <laughs> going to Colorado would be interesting. I kind of like that. actually. Wow. So. McKin- McKinnon and Crosby wins the Stanley Cup together. Yeah, I, I got I just like I kind of started <laughs> drooling there a little bit. Well, you know, the Cole Harbor connection over in Colorado yeah. wouldn't be a bad thing. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in Pittsburgh. Obviously, they'll hire someone. Um, he'll want to make his own moves. He'll probably want his own coach. Uh, those things all come as one. Uh, when you do have two generational players like Malkin and Crosby, maybe someone can light a fire underneath Malkin again, get that skill back on going. Like you said, Jen, it is there. So when you have Crosby and Malkin on your squad, you know, you can't count them out, but we will see what happens. But ladies and gentlemen, we're wrapping up here on a Friday. It is a feel good weekend. The Leafs are taking on the Edmonton Oilers this weekend. I believe it is again on Saturday night. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, they're right. in Edmonton, so they play Saturday, and then Vancouver next week, I believe. So there we go. So Monday, we'll be back with your three stars, your Warrior of the Week. But ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the weekend. Stay nice to one another. Play nice in the birdhouse on Twitter. And guys, this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. Mm-hmm.